welcome to episode three of the Monday Night Scores. But where are we? What's going on? I hear literally Jim ask. I'll tell you. The year is 1995. The date is uh, September... Uh, uh, do you want me to ask? No, it's all right. I think it's funny if you don't. The date is September 25th. Colin Firth's magnum opus, the adaptation of Jane Austen 316's Pride and Prejudice, first aired on BBC One. The Sony PlayStation has just been released in Europe with classics like Ridge Racer and Wipeout. The O.J. Simpson trial has just been sent to the jury... Should have reread these. Appreciate there's been a bit of a shift in tone there. We'll move on. And in music, German metalist Rammstein released Herzerlite, which means heartache, featuring their eponymous song Rammstein. Right, so now we know where we are. We know what we're watching, what we're playing, and what we're listening to. Let's see how the WWF and WCW are going to compete with that lot. There'll be Yoko's, Disco's, but no Jerry Briscoe's. Let's get started. <laughs> So here we go with the September 25th episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we do, we're just coming off the back of the pay-per-view in your house three. Jim, take us through what happened. Yep, another week, another pay-per-view, this time from the WWF. Nine matches on the card in total, three of them were dark matches. Oh. All by one were singles. The ultimate decider. The ultimate decider. For eight of the nine matches. <laughs> In those, focusing on those that just were on the main card, Savio Vega, remember him from oh, last I week? Do. Very well. Crowd were up dancing on Raw for his music. They would have been dancing all night long after he's defeated Whale on Mercy in the opener. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Psycho Sid is, uh, has avenged Ted DiBiase's slopping from the hog farmer. <laughs> finally. From, <laughs> that's featured on last week's Raw. Well, I can finally sleep again, Jim. <laughs> Yeah, Psycho Sid beats Henry Godwin. And then following that, the British Bulldog. He overcomes Bam Bam Bigelow in the most alliterative match I've ever known. <laughs> you remember Dean Douglas's prediction on Raw last week? Of who's gonna who's gonna win his match with Razor Ramon? Of course I do. Was he right? He was. He was. He was right. He went over. He beats Razor. Gordon Bennett. From that we move on to Bret Hart. Tapping out the thieving pirate Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Surprisingly, as you'll remember from last week's Raw, given how little effort was put in in getting Jean-Pierre Lafitte over as a threat to Bret Hart, this match was the longest on the card. Bloody hell. It outlasted The Undertaker's victory over King Mabel. Take away over Mabel, very good. And Too right. it was longer than the main event. Go on which was Shawn Michaels and Diesel versus the British Bulldog and Yokozuna. There'll be more on that later. There will. (laughs) With Michaels and Diesel prevailing there. Back to you, Stephen. We are live from the Civic Auditorium, Grand Rapids, Michigan. We kick off with a Vince recap. He starts by plugging the Taker Bulldog match that we're going to get tonight, but he explains that last night, Bulldog took the place of Owen Hart in the Everything on the Line match, who arrived late. Oh, he was late, yeah. He was late, but then the ref allowed him... Com- this is Owen. Then the ref allowed him to compete once he got there, which seems generous. Um, but the two dudes with attitudes, they're sticking with that, they won, as you've just confirmed. Uh, what? Uh, we then get Jim Cornette uh, brought in a lawyer to challenge 
Guerrilla Monsoon on the legality of what happened because um, it ended up costing his clients, Owen and Yoko's, into their titles. Oh, I'm lost. I haven't a clue what's going on here, Jim. Owen was pinned, wasn't he? And I think that was that's the crux of the matter here. And, well, Mental. So Owen's pinned, and we'll get to it later on. But for the moment, I'll just say I'm confused. We then get the titles. Still no lyrics, thank God. Sirens and choppers abound instead. Happy with that. We get some really piss poor fireworks to start, start us off. The top of the ring just... It was Catherine Wheels and Spike. Oh, no wonder Vince in the first week was was making sure King paid attention to his pro his pyro that he shelled out for. He must have done the pyro budget, mustn't he, on Razor Ramon? It's clearly gone on Because <laughs> this is this is poor. This is poor. Uh, match one, we have Skip who with Sonny of Sonny fame, Indeed. known as the Body Donners, apparently, uh, versus the returning Marty Gennetti. Jim Martin Gennetti's back. Wow. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And he, by which I mean his clothes, haven't changed a bit. Uh, he also almost trips over the steel stairs on his way in the ring. I thought, ah, oh, blimey, this is probably set the scene a little bit. Vincent King ringside, like proper ringside, doing a piece to camera. I like it. It makes it more like a sports cast. Yeah. Good. Um, King continues to explain the logic of the match the night before. I'm still not sure. Um, we get another take of Bulldog tease again while Jeanette's pissing about in the ring doing his hello to everyone. Crowd are um, loving him, aren't they? Crowd absolutely love the return of Jimmy. Eating this up. They really are. Um, King says, Bulldog's going to use the Undertaker as a fire hydrant. <sighs> Vince, who we know absolutely loves this kind of like shit toilet humour and almost definitely wrote this line, looks dismayed that the King's come out with it, which actually won me back. <laughs> it's like, like, like he's like slapped him. It's great. Um, Marty is killed off straight away, though, by Vince and Collins now saying he is best remembered for being Shawn Michaels' tag team partner. Jesus Christ, <laughs> poor <laughs> bloke. Sonny hugs Skip in between, like, Skip sort of gets knocked out the ring and Sonny sort of hugs him to kind of, like, you know, comfort him as he's, as he's getting knocked about. The match has started, by the way. It's but they, they were, um, Skip's Chris Candido, isn't he? Yes, correct. And they were an and actual real-life couple, yeah. Correct. And, um, but what I thought was really good when this happened and the, this, this, daft spot but um, the cameraman's getting close and Sonny brilliantly senses the cameraman turns around and goes would you give us some peace I like, that's what you do it was like a fast start fairly you know quick and some sort of slick stuff going from Ginetti but nothing like wow but, but fine then some uh, mild sexual assault <laughs> shouldn't say mild should I was just saying no, no, no. then some sexual assault <laughs> as Ginetti taps Sonny on the shoulder as she's telling the crowd to shut up as uh, she then spins round to do the hog spot with Skip again only this time it's Jeanette, not, and she realises too late he's stolen a hog Vince anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation bloody hell probably not the time to really check probably with not that. the time to come up with that um, harassment the crowd love it <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy um, then there's some pretty lacklustre mat wrestling it's sort of slow and rest holdy um, Sonny grabs Ginetti's leg when he's running the ropes uh, there's a gut wrench suplex by Skip which is pretty nice as Ginetti's been distracted um, though he forgets how and where to grab Ginetti he doesn't know where he's going to go and Vince I think he's going to cover for it and comes he goes oh Skip didn't know what to do there for yeah. a moment and I'm like well you just called it out now I probably would have just ignored it but now he's like yeah you're right you're not wrong there Vinny and then cut to Dean Douglas who's Come to the ramp to make notes. Jim. No reason given. None at all. And in his teacher get up. I'm like, why? Anyway, we then come to a break. We come back from the break. We get a replay of the sexual assault. You know, he's banged to rights here now, Jim. Like, the law's the going to be on his case for sure. Um, Vince says, in uh, the match is slowing down now. Vince comes out with, Happy New Year, King. What? What are you talking about, man? He said, It's Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year. King says, Rush Limbaugh, Vince. 
corpses, we've obviously found his level. Wordplay, <laughs> says me. Ginetti, we get a belly-to-back suplex after reversal. Two count. Ginetti does his sort of ultimate warrior rope swingy thing. And then drop kick, knee to the face, which actually looks pretty good. A crossbody going for the pin. Sonny distracts. Ginetti's wise to it. Tosses, skip over the top rope. And then this sort of nice uh, kind of famasa sort of arm bar into a really famasa like type thing. I really like what this. What move that is. I really like it. Um, followed by a flying punch from the top rope. This, didn't, this looked like it missed by like a mile. Did you see this? It did look like it missed, but I like the idea in the sense that, Great. like, in terms of something that you, he's not doing a backflip, he's not doing a splash, he's doing something that could legitimately hurt this guy. someone. could genuinely win in the match and didn't really hurt the guy, yeah. Totally, totally agree. Just the execution, I think. But the, the, the arm bar fame has a thing. Great. I'm interested to see what happens with Ginetti going forwards, and I do hope this little botched, so close, but yet so far. Um, finisher isn't uh, prophetic but we'll see then we get a promo we get more explanation of the debacle the night before Jim this time we've got a recap of Cornet arguing with Monsoon who it turns out recognised Bulldog as the champ for one night so I've now got that piece of information Monsoon is the authority figure he's like the commissioner though I don't believe they call him the commissioner but indeed he is don't the they one. say like he's like interim president acting like yes, something like something that, like some... that. Which again makes more sense because it's more sporting and it's like sporting yeah. or whatever. But cool, fine. So yes, so you're dead right. Monsoon has the power and he's 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 recognised Bulldog for one night only as the champ. And therein lies Cornet's technicality. Owen wasn't champion for that match thing and he's been pinned. So, oh, okay, I get that. But blind, it's taken a while for me to get round to this. I'm, I'm obviously slow. I like the lawyer. Like, he's brilliant, I isn't he? Absolutely well. brilliant. He's because ref's decision to allow Owen is the thing, but this lawyer is is grilling, is grilling Monsoon. He's going bang of rights. Oh, yeah. He's he's great. And it's not even knots, Sandy. It's not even legal. Right up in knots. It's brilliant. Legal knots. Match two, we get Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji and Owen Hart, uh, with Jim Cornette versus the Smoking Guns. We get Doc Hendricks, Jim, shilling an already outdated T-shirt for the match from the night before from the triple header match last night. Um, there's no bulldog on it, so it, it it's a wrong, and b it's already <laughs> out of date, and he's selling it for only twenty bucks. What about the tape? And there's an added bonus, Jim. <laughs> You're right to flag. You get a blank VHS tape, which <laughs> Hendrix claims has some wrestling on it. I'm not so sure. <laughs> classic wrestling, he says. Classic wrestling. Classic wrestling. Shows the cover then. Yeah, Is that classic? I know. Shows the cover. Oh. Yeah, poo with this bit. Proper market style, shilling, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was Del Boy. It was full Del Boy stuff. Um, back to the guys on comms who then feed us into a WrestleMania replay showing Yoko and Owen beating the guns at WrestleMania 11 for these very titles. So Billy and Bart have crap get ups, but they look great other than that. Um, lovely drop told hold from Bart as we get underway on Hart. Um, it's just great, flowing, quick stuff to start us off. Exciting too. Yeah. Like, this is what the first match should have had. You know, I'm now going, in light of this, Janetti looks a bit off the pace, but this is great. Enter Billy. He's got um, Owen in a hammerlock and he keeps sort of slamming him to the mat with it and then looking up the ref and checking Oko, like, ring presence. He's looking round. Like, this is great. It comes across as a really big deal, doesn't he, Billy? Goes. Doesn't he? Then when Yoko gets the tag and comes in, Billy again, he does a really good job of building Yoko. I mean, not that he's a great big lad, but he's got about a foot on him, right? And he sort of takes this, without looking cowardly himself, this sort of his back step where he's sort of like, not running away, but just going, just steady himself. This is, I'm, I'm in for a bit of, bit of bother here. I thought, great, like he's made, because you, you could have gone, that's just a fat lad, I'll run rings around him quite literally. Yeah. And he doesn't. I mean, they probably thought, I mean, this is 
this is going to be he's going to be a young lad here, Billy Gunn. They must have thought they had like like, like you know an absolute superstar in their hands. Must have I they? thought the exact same thing. He looks like he's got everything here. We haven't heard him on the mic yet, but bloody hell, he's flipping good here. Like it this looks- is I'm loving this so far. Absolutely into it. Yeah, in the words of a. Uh, Rick Flair and WCW is the the whole package, the total package, the, the complete package, package, the entire package, the, <laughs> the 100% package. 100% correct. But I wonder why it didn't uh, quite work out that way, but anyway. I know, indeed. Um, continue. Well, for the moment, he's flying high. So we've got Billy working wonders. He's flying around the ring while Yoko sort of stays in the middle because he's mobile. And he's doing, he's, you know, he sort of takes swipes like King Kong on a skyscraper with this Billy gun bouncing around everywhere. Um, but then they actually tell quite a nice story with it. So they've isolated Billy. Um, Owen's great as a heel doing this as well. Um, there's this huge sunset flip from Billy right over him. Um, and then he does a massive bump. This, this is Owen. A massive bump from one of Owen's hip tosses. Like, just this is looking brilliant. Owen gets a near fall as, just as they're going into break. King covers for it brilliantly. Because, again, obviously, kayfabe breaking. They know the match ain't finishing yet. Off you go to a break. But the lad's in the ring. Cracking on, there's a near, near fall. And King, as they're cutting away, and we are at the two count when it goes off. Wayne goes, wait, 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 wait. Great. Come back. Lo and behold, the match hasn't finished. Owen and Billy just cracking stuff. Um, Yoko keeps Billy in the corner, stamps some punches. He's clearly packed though, yeah, Yoko. He's, he's we, you know, we, we have him breathing heavily, and then we go into rest old city. We've got, like, a nerve grip on Billy's neck. Really dull. Um, but, you know, we need to, we can't have everything at 100 miles an hour. We've got to have a bit of change of pace. Yoko misses with the slowest elbow drop in the world. And then Billy misses with a huge leg drop. Huge leg drop. Yoko just misses with this, like, massive splash. And I was like, Jesus, Billy, I, I, I shat myself. Like, he would have died. He would have been dead. And he got out, like, the nick of time. Hot tag, which is really nicely done, as Owen sort of grabs Billy's belt as he's trying to get to Bart in the corner. And he, in spite of that, powers into it to leap into tag Bart. Crowd goes off. Bart gets in. Um, he comes in, he's going to get the three. No, wait a minute, Yoko was so slow in breaking up the pin that the ref had to hold the three count. Oh, man. Jeez. Into the finish. This was brilliant, right? This was, this was absolutely amazing. The crowd are red hot. So Yoko gets knocked on his ass in the corner because a double Irish whipped Owen from the two smoking yep. guns bounces off Yoko and Owen does brilliantly to really sell it. He flies away as if bouncing off like a, a giant rubber ball. Yoko then, whoa, 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 bang, into the corner, so he's incapacitated. It leaves the guns to do their double-team leg drop, slide, sidewalk slam, a prelude to the fame master, if you like, as well, from Billy at the top. Brilliant timing. Yoko gets back up. He's going to go and slam Bart, who's pinning Owen. Although, either way, this is a killed Owen. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Even if Bart had shifted away. But Bart does roll away, and King really sells it. He goes, oh, no! As you get this brilliant, the crowd's in raptures. But he gets back into the ring and has this huge one-legged like twisting drop kick to clear Yoko out to the outside, which it does. And he moves a bit more sprightly than he did last week. This time does Yoko. And we get a pinfall. We've got new champs. The crowd can't believe it, Jim. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It really was good. And then for no reason at all, Michaels and Diesel join the ring to celebrate with him. <sighs> Let they, him have a moment, lads. Why are they are? This is it. <sighs> There's been no affiliation with those, have they? Why, why? Let him have their moment. The other question I had was why have we gone to all of this absolute rigmarole this hoopla we've brought the lawyer in we've been laying out technicalities we've been doing this and no one can follow anything was going on and then we took the belt off the no, next night matter. We've just got... the next night we took the belt off dropping the belt what's going on I mean what was the point point? and most of the point who's now buying that t-shirt <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, imagine. Imagine you just got off the phone. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> give me credit card number. Hang on a minute. <laughs> it's mental. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's awful. So, on to a promo package. Next week on Raw, we're going to see Jean-Pierre Lafitte, who's wanted for robbery, three counts. Sentences, execution. The excellence of execution. He's going head-to-head with Bret Hart, Jim. He must face execution for the second time, (laughs) is the sentence. For the second time, executed twice. The theft! It it feels authoritarian at best. Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Plus, we're going to see one, two, three, kid... And Razor once more to settle the score. In fairness, I will watch those guys wrestle all day long. So. I will point out here, and I am, I'm aware I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking a lot of things. Go on. And, you know, without willing to pigeonhole myself as, as the nitpicker. But... <laughs> <laughs> We've got your gimmick. It's taking us two and a bit episodes. <laughs> the hair splitter. <laughs> um, so, the one, two, three quid Razor. It's yeah. built as once more to settle the score. Yeah. Last week, Last week. Yeah, that was, that was seven the score as well. Yeah. The one, two, three kid. Yeah. He won that. And at the start of that match, we had a package going back two years where the one, two, three, he's beaten twice now. So we had settled no, it's going to be 2 1. Even if he loses, it's 2 1. <laughs> We've got to go best of five series if we want to be settling the score. But we're definitely not settling next week, regardless. The score will not be settled. Correct, Jim. Um, but what you failed to, to recognise is that doesn't rhyme. So it's once more to settle the score. I, mean, I, I am looking forward to the match too. So <laughs> yeah, it is a very moot point I've just made. I'd be surprised if it makes the end. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're into another promo with Doc Hendricks interviewing Gorilla Monsoon to plug an in-your-house pay-per-view on the 22nd of October in Winnipeg, Canada in the at the top of the ramp, right? Which is fine. And, and you know, we, we learn lots about what's going on in this pay-per-view. But... The British Bulldog starts comes out for his match against the Undertaker next whilst they're there, so they're sort of in the way. It's like, yeah. I'll let the bloke have his entrance. Like, come on. Anyway, out he comes, British Bulldog. We see him sort of faffing with the uh, the curtain. Uh, well, he's got a title match announced, hasn't he? Uh, Monsoon announces he's, he, um, Bulldog's taking on Diesel in the uh, the next in your house. Indeed. So. He's getting it because he... You know, he basically went into Monsoon's office and he's begged him. He said he wanted it really badly. <laughs> he, he persisted, he persisted. So I said, all right, you can have it. It's small wonder that the rest of them aren't just doing this on a, Why are they all doing it? On a nightly basis. I oh, know, 100%. It makes no sense. You, you, you're right to flag. Does nobody else want to be the, the champion? <laughs> I don't know. Carry on. Sorry. So then we're into the British Bulldog versus The Undertaker. So, uh, it, as I say, it's weird Bulldog coming out with those guys in the way. But off we go. And he comes out to uh, Real Britannia rattling through. And then the Taker entrance. Yes, this is good. I haven't seen Taker yet. Um, the Daft TV's turning on in sequence of nine and like an S behind him aside. It looks epic. And Paul Bear is in front of him. It's, just, oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant for all of the sort of stuff. This is how you do over-the-top gimmicks. This is how you do cartoony but still make it interesting and exciting and not feel like it's done for five-year-olds. Into the match we go, and it's so good seeing Taker moving at this speed. Like he, he, It's mental how fast... He sort of slams into the ropes when he's running them each time. That real lean in and dive down just looks awesome. Bulldog's great too, and he's cracking as a heel. Taker goes for old school. Bulldog arm drags him off the top. That's nice. Haven't seen that done before. And exactly what you would do. He absolutely oh. launched him. He was on the other Rattled side of the ring. Wasn't he? he was, and he's a big lad. Yeah, yeah he, he must have gone about ten feet. Oh, ripped him. Absolutely right. The only thing that's sort of starting to distract me a little bit. Undertaker's purple gloves and boot with buttons on. Yeah, I've noted that. Oh, I don't need that, does he? 
But we then get this lovely spot. So Bulldog clotheslines Taker to the outside towards the hard camera, and he lands on his feet as he goes over. So he topples backwards over the ropes and lands there, sort of menacingly looking at him. Hard camera's quite tight on the ring. And just as he's about to climb back in, we just see his hand thrust to the right, and he grabs the, to this point, unseen oncoming Cornette, who's Bulldog's manager, sprinting towards him in a choke mid-run. Looked amazing. Bulldog then gets out the ring and sprints towards Taker, who is walking away, pushing Cornette back, and he chop blocks him in the knee from behind, and we start the storytelling, Jim. So we get a chop block to the knee, we get Taker's knee into the steel steps, we get driving knees to Taker's knee later on, we get a half Boston Crab on the damaged knees, focusing in, getting the big lad, injured, great stuff, right? Brilliant, it was. It's not mentioned, it's not made a big deal out of, nope. doesn't need to be, just clever in-ring psychology and logic. Great. And then we get King Mabel and Sir Moore arrive at the top of the ramp, Jim. And then Mercy is looking on. Yeah, Whale on Mercy. Whale on Mercy. And we've only got a shot over the shoulder. I've never heard or seen Whale on Mercy before. Hadn't seen in your house. From this angle, it just looks like Jigsaw. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrifying. Just standing in the crowd. like, oh my God. So interesting and interested and excited to see what more we get from Mercy. Um, we get rest in peace chants from the crowd. Great, rest in peace, rest in peace. Which Paul Bearer loves and hums up and starts slamming the mat in time. Get in, Paul. Um, we're going to get Bulldogs finish the power slam. No, Taker reverses it, but he sells the knee as he does so well done, Taker. Cornet tries to get Bulldog uh, going, the Bulldog chunks going like you're slamming the mat, but the crowd hijack it with the rest in peace chants, which is just what Cornet wanted. So good of him, so clever. Taker goes old school again, selling the knee as he gets up there, but he connects. But Taker's really hurting the landing. That knee, it was too risky for him. Then we get a back body drop reversed by Bulldog into a pile driver. It's so odd to see pile drivers. Oh, it looked... Oh, just, it wasn't half a pile driver as well, wasn't it? Gordon Bennett, absolutely. I was just... Oh, knowing what we know now, I don't actually enjoy watching it. I just... I've, I've, I've got a real... With, with the kind of the tombstones done by the big lads... I'm far less worried because there's far more space between, you know, you can, you can see the red gun hit the floor. Correct. It, but... but this stuff, especially when it's on a, from a smaller bloke onto a bigger bloke. Oh man. And he jumps and everything, but it is, it was just alarming to see a proper, proper shock me. Um, take a, on getting pins, pushes bulldog off and then does his sit up. So that was really nice. Um, suplex, take a sit up again, brain buster up again. And then this huge choke slam on bulldog. Um, he, like, Bulldog like really kicked his legs when he was up in midair, like really just hammed it up. It was brilliant. Takers, you know, struggling with his knee. Enter Mabel, and this is ugh. he was so slow coming in. Taker had to wait for like an eternity, Damn. just staring at Bulldog. So it just looked like Taker had just sort of stopped and was staring at him. It's uh, just he's like he's, he's kind of swaying, isn't he? He's Correct. Just, he's, there's, there's, he was. Mabel was so late, so he's late. so late oh, coming out, and obviously then he's so slow, he can't make up for the time, <laughs> and there's just, he's just, there's nothing. Take just got to sit there and, as you say, swaying exactly right, and it's oh, it's poor. Um, so Taker then fronts up to Mabel, um, and Bulldog does like a running knee um, t- into Taker's back to push him into Mabel, who then belly to bellies in, which gets the DQ, and that's the match. Bulldog then power slams Taker. Mabel does a leg drop. In for the save come two dudes with attitudes to help Taker. Um, HBK and Diesel and then Owen Hart and Yoko arrive to counter the two dudes and then the smoking guns enter Jim fresh from the victory covered in soap suds supposedly as King says from the shower yeah he's got no shoes on either barefoot but in jeans how did they know um, 
this was happening then if they were in the shower. How, how did they know that, <laughs> that the ring was getting charged by the other heels? <laughs> so they had to get out there if they were in the shower. Yeah, and who's, who, exactly, who's shouting all the way back? <laughs> but not doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, incredible. And we go back to comms, deals music hits, and we get this shaking hands of Taker. It's weird seeing Taker shaking hands. Uh, Bearer does a good job of saying, you know, whoa, Taker. Um, but yeah, I just don't it just like doesn't it. Fit. It doesn't, doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It shouldn't work. be doing it. Agreed. Not not with two dudes without a two. No, exactly. Doesn't work. He'd want that to do with them, would he? he? Correct. He really wouldn't. Um, we then get interrupted by a got milk advert um, overlaid over the screen <laughs> as uh, Sean and Diesel then piss about in the ring with Sean's music on, um, with Vince dancing in his chair. King then going, did you get fries with that shake? And I'm like, what's happened here? Why he are we out? loves Sean Michaels. He, he just... loves him. Oh. Um, then we get a Razor One Two Three Kid in your house recap. Seeing that Ray Kid cost Razor the match again, allowing Dean Douglas to get the win as he told us at the top of the show, Jim. And then King says, "Rumor has it that the One Two Three Kid has been negotiating with the Million Dollar Man." Well, that's foreshadowing. DBS-y. If there was some DBSy, got slopped. Apparently, so so we're now seeing they got slopped. We're now seeing, which makes loads more sense with not only Kid doing with it whatever he could to get ahead, but also we've started a slow heel turn. I'm going like, ha, great. Yeah. Perfect. So has um, as Al DBS, he got one of them Cornet type factions on them where he kind of anyone and everyone at various times all conglomerates all, all the heels because he correct because he's um, he's he's paying them off. He's all they've all been right. bought. Everyone's got everyone's got a price for the million dollar man. Right, right. And um, uh, and it sounds like and, and kid is negotiating what his price is. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that price might be. So one, two, three quid. Surely we already, <laughs> we already know how much. <laughs> we also find out that next week we're going to get all of that plus Brett versus the pirate Jean-Pierre Lafitte and we are out so now over to the ratings builders and killers you all know how this works now so Jim over to you for the raw 25th of September edition ratings builders the Undertaker is the obvious one to start with Looks cool, even then. The entrance really minus the purple gloves and the boots, selling the leg throughout the match. Little details like that that you don't want to see. It was again, like you said, no, no one made a big deal of it. It was just the done thing. You tell it, you've got someone on your hands who knows what he's doing, knows how to make things look good. And again, he's obviously getting the bulldog over as a serious heel. I thought it was superb all around. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, the finish of the smoking guns match executed very well. We've discussed, as, we, as we've said earlier, the crowd will mega into it. Again, this is the most excited I've seen a crowd at any of the shows we've watched combined. Yeah, good point, good point. It was, yeah, it was good to watch. As we said as well, I didn't get the chew with the belts and all that, like putting them back on Yokozuna and Owen and then taking them off them. And yeah, yeah I don't know, but it's that aside. Um, but again, and also what I thought was good, what we did mention why Shawn Michaels and Diesel got involved in the celebrations, but start, I thought, the kind of overblown extravagant celebrations that kind of made the tag titles feel important. Do you know what I mean? The kind yeah, of made true. it like it was like <clears> this, yeah, this is a big deal for these winning this. Yeah, They've yeah. got people from out, from the back, two two top stars from the back, come out and celebrate with them because this is a, you know a, gr- a great big achievement for them. Yeah, that's a good point. Again, when you compare that to last week's Nitro, when Bischoff saying is it official or not? Who cares if they've won the tag team titles? Who cares? For, you know, what, who's bothered? Yeah, well, whereas this was clearly a big deal. So, again, I enjoyed that. And I like my Giannetti. I mean, he might have a tough time persuading HR that he did not <laughs> harass anybody 
any female members of staff after seeing that video, but still, <laughs> I did enjoy the match itself. I'd never seen Marty Jannetty have a match before, and while, as you pointed out, Vince did do a good job of burying him, as he was remembered as... Uh, Instantly, yeah. As Shawn Michaels tags. In fact, he's doing quite a good job of burying talent. And he given again, he's the one who pays the wages. He was buried, he's buried Lafitte, he's buried... Ginetti, um, he played Candido in the match. He played <coughs> Skip in the match. We yeah, said, he did. "Was he made to do that or whatever?" Yeah, correct. So he's he's doing a good job himself of uh, denying people a chance to to do the biz. But still, I like Ginetti. I thought that finisher he did was good. And while um, the, the the famous armbar type move, and mm, yeah, it was cracking. And I didn't mind coming off the top with a, with a punch a bit different. And while it, it it didn't look great, it was different, and it was better. You know, as opposed to seen him doing a flip or whatever and, and there's logic like, behind it as you said there's, there's kayfabe logic to that being a nasty thing to yeah. win your match yeah. yeah that's that then and then we'll go on to ratings killers first one I thought nobody's got any heat who am I supposed to really despise here and they, they, that finished it could have been done in a sense that like oh you've got Undertaker selling the bad knee you've got Mabel's on the running with Sir Mo why didn't we have Bulldog beat the shit out of him with those two and then you know, maybe even Owen Hart and Yokozuna could have got involved, and then they could have they could have you know had a savage beatdown of this guy, merciless beatdown, and then then the babyface could have come in and made the save, and then yeah, but so we'd have that like someone's done something heinous, here. someone's done something awful, and you yeah, know, exactly that, that that's just absent, Beyond just being told to dislike someone, yeah, or you know not even that, just being told that they're a bad guy. That's just, that's just all we've got. That's there's all you've there's got. no reason. There's nothing. Yeah, and oftentimes they're a bad guy because they're a teacher or they're a, yeah. they're a dentist yeah, or a exactly. pirate or something. And it's like you know, no one does anything mega heelish. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think that's the detriment of the show. Really, the pay per view recaps too many. If you have to recap the pay per view three times with actual video packages as well as doing your talking segments throughout the show, that's too much. Clearly, what you've done was too complicated. Clearly, what you've done is too hard to follow. If you have to recap it that many times, something's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, and finally, the kind of ending was really, mm. really kind of fractured. And it, it, it was the first live raw, so maybe it was just some kind of errors there. But that bit at the end where Shawn Michaels' music comes on and they, they kind of walk, they were already in the ring. Yeah. Then the ring must have cleared out and they've walked back to the ring. Yeah. And they stood in the ring prattling about and like you don't hear from them. It's just it just comes, it's just um, Vince and, and Lola talking and then and then they go off air. And it's like this again bizarre one. It? it just this is time that they could have used to maybe get somebody else or would give some more TV time. But yeah, just I don't know. It's probably it's probably the first time I've looking at them thinking a w, like a WF program thought of all the ones we've seen so far and thinking that was a bit amateurish, you know what I mean? So yeah. but I guess it's just a teething issue. With it being the first live show. Cracking. So over to my builders and killers. I'll start with the builders. So I actually, slight departure from you, I actually really like this um, program in general. The Bulldog Taker stuff I loved. The Smoking Guns I really loved. Like that, those two bits alone, I think just just really made this, this work for me. But just to see Taker in his prime, it may be a bit of rose-tinted glasses, but just I... Thoroughly enjoyed watching him and could have watched that match and Paul Bearer for quite a decent amount of time. And seeing Bulldog, the strength of him being, you're dead right, not a fleshed out character by any stretch, but just being a really, really solid and big wrestler, loved it. At least on this one, with the exception of the ending that you rightly said was mostly Gumph, this was mostly matches, not Gumph. 
They managed to nudge the storylines along, mostly using in-ring and then post-match action with a bit of comms and a bit of analysis. World away from WCW just having promo after promo after promo. So the Killers, yeah, same with the confusion the night before. I, I, the fact that half the promos are explaining it says it all exactly as you've said, Jim. Selling shit merch and just silence and space is fine to have, particularly with Taker and stuff, and you can make things feel bigger and more impressive if you give them a bit of breathing room. And it seems like in a 45-minute program, they were seeing every opportunity to either make Vince say, oh, isn't he amazing? It's like, yes, we can see he's amazing, Vince. Let us look at it and just be taken by the... Which, you know, they've learned from and they do now. And Taker does his entrance now. We don't hear anyone on comms for 30 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here, it's like, shut the fuck up. And then final one, final ratings killer was Janetti uh, and Skip. Um... I'm probably being a bit harsh on both of them. Probably being a bit harsh on both of them, as it was solid enough as a match. So not them individually, but just compared to the other two matches on the card here, I thought this was pretty dry. So Ginetti finisher, loved that move he finished with. But compared with Taker, who I was I thought was brilliant, telling a proper story, this was this match with for these guys centered around Sonny just hugging the wrong person. Yeah. And I was like, if it's Ginetti's big comeback, like make him, you know, let him do something genuinely impressive or whatever. But yeah, I was was bored with this one. And as I said, might be being too harsh. But comparison to the other two, I thought it was it was poor. I did struggle a little bit with the killers this time. Um, I can watch more of this. And the same couldn't be said about WCW last week. So interesting to get into the next one. <laughs> So that was the September the 25th episode of Monday Night Raw and straight over to the competition, WCW Monday Nitro. Jim, tell us what happened on their episode. Well, we're going to start with the titles. And guess what's happened? What has happened, Jim? Four weeks in the making, Vader's gone. What? <laughs> They're no longer employed by WCW. Vader is out of the titles. Only took him a month. Took him a month. <laughs> But I'm finally not expecting to see Vader on this show. <laughs> we have got explosions galore in the arena here. Pyro is going off left, right and centre. Oh, Vince... Fourth of July stuff. If Vince was impressed by Razor Ramon's Pyro of the week. <laughs> then Jesus Christ. This it, really man. put it to shame. When he watches this, he'd be quaking in his boots. <laughs> he won't have. He won't have. And speaking of quaking his boots, I don't know how... Given dogs notoriously do not like fireworks. Oh, man. How? Why? More to the point, did he keep bringing his fucking dog back to the fucking commentary table? Oh, he's back. It's awful, isn't it? And Pe- this time, Pepe, Pepe uh, is dressed up. He's dressed up like a cowboy's horse this time. The arms of Mongo. With all his gear. Mongo, Mongo's horse. got all of him. And Mongo says, Pepe is in for a wild ride tonight. <laughs> Which sounds ominous, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed it does. And then, so the, I'm thinking this poor dog here, the fireworks are going off, they're frightened. It, was, oh, it must be terrified. And then you've got Mongo's coming out with that. And then Hayden straight away latches onto him, starts taking the piss. And Mongo says, suggests, implies that Heenan wants to ride Pepe, oh, yeah. which Heenan turns around and says, and this got a laugh out of me, I don't want to ride that crap. <laughs> Great. I love Enid. He's so good. I did enjoy this, but then it kind of dawned on me. Hmm. A kind of a kind of realisation that B 
based on the last couple of night rows we've seen, yeah, I started to worry at 20 seconds in, is this, this as good as it's going to get? We've gone straight from there, from that brief verbal altercation between Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mongo McMichael to Das Wunderkind's opening another show. Steve. He's back. He's das back. Das Wunderkind's back. The top of the show, here we go with Das Wunderkind. He's taking on the debuting Disco Inferno. Oh, my God. So, it's the second match to open the show that Das Wunderkind's had. He's also had a pay-per-view spot. He's getting a lot of love in there. They really he are is. pushing. You're pushing him. Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind. Yeah. He's coming to the ring. He's wearing his leather jacket and his bright blue uh, wrestling trunks. Don't get why he's wearing the jacket, but who knew Das Wunderkind was going to have such an impact on, uh, on Finn Balor's <laughs> on Finn Balor's career? He's he definitely is. stole that, hasn't he? Absolutely He's robbed right. that. <laughs> yeah, correct. But anyway, yeah, we've got fucking Disco Inferno. Oh and again, I'll point back to what I said last week about Bischoff and he's blowing his own trumpet as loud as he possibly can about how he created this fucking reality-based storylines. Here comes Disco. He's debuting Disco Inferno. Oh. He's dressed in the full John Travolta Saturday Night Fever clubber. Yeah, yeah dancing his way to the he's ring. He's dancing his way to the ring, doing all kinds of naughty, oh. unnecessary, completely out of place things. When he gets to the ring, he starts stripping off his dancing club so the jacket comes off. He then, because again, he's wearing the full outfit, the full John Travolta outfit from Saturday Night Fever. He then rips off his trousers to reveal what? It's some white trousers. He's, he's, he's put his white trousers have come off to reveal more white trousers. That are still flared. <laughs> they're, they're, they're almost identical. <laughs> A little bit tighter is, 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 is the only discernible difference. And these ones have shake your booty written yes, across the arse. Yes, they do. Jesus. Um, but yeah, just, just come to the ring in them. We've talked about music before. Disco Inferno's music. It just repeats the words, Disco Fever. Yeah. Disco fever, disco fever, with some God, some God. naughty disco music in the it's background, really funnily enough. But again, we've talked about music and we've talked about the, the you know the absurdity of it before. In what way does this music suggest this guy is serious about winning his debut match on the second biggest wrestling program in in the country? Do you know what I mean? This should be a big deal. Opening the opening the show with him as well. It just it we're already in a cartoon territory. Poor Alex Wright, right? He's had to anyone Alex debuts. Right, right, right. <laughs> Anyone debuts, you get Alex right, right, right. Sabu comes in, he gets this pathetic match, and then this this week, flipping Disco Inferno is making. I mean, Disco Inferno. Can we just can we focus on that as a name for a second? It's insanity, isn't it? Crap. The naming has been really poor on it. Among, among other things, it's not the only thing. But <laughs> no, it's true. we've had the American males. Oh man, yeah, blimey. Let's exactly. forget the American yeah, males. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, Disco Disco Inferno. Here he goes. The match has started. I will say, just to, just, to, no, to no, point out, Alex Wright, Das Wunderkind, climbing in the ring and then doing a backflip off the turnbuckle is his ring entrance. Blimey. Yeah, yeah, Where does that come from, Das Wunderkind? Well, he did a lot of things that were quite um, very athletic, good. didn't he? And, very uh, good yeah, in yeah. the ring. Very sharp. Indeed, indeed. Um, so, yeah, the match, bell goes ding, ding, in the words of Macho Man. And <laughs> straight away, we've had, we've had Disco, Disco Inferno. He's dancing around. You know, he's being a complete prat. And then he's stripping off his clothes to reveal exactly the same clothes underneath. <laughs> and then as soon as the bell goes, he's now all of a sudden, he's mega aggressive and he's, he's jumped that's when yeah, the kid and he's not looking. He wants, like, he wants to kill him. And it's just like, why? What, this is so, again, out of step. If you're that serious, yeah. why do the whole cartoon stuff before? None of it makes sense. No. It's so, you know, 
out of kilter. And then Bischoff points out, Alex Wright, not starting off the way he likes to start a match here. So just to be clear, yeah, Alex Wright doesn't like to start a match by getting his head kicked in. It's funny that, isn't it? He does not like to start a match by getting battered by someone. He doesn't like to do it. <laughs> Which are slightly saved by Heenan on commentary, who who kind of calls back going, I don't remember ever seeing him getting battered like this, which is far more yeah. like, blimey, this is a shock, which does, well, it bigs up Inferno as his debuting... Well, Hayden puts him over throughout, doesn't he, as a serious... He does. Despite all the evidence to the contrary <laughs> that he's a serious competitor, <laughs> Hayden does put him over as... He does. ...as someone who, who should be respected and, and uh, you know, the fact that... Oh, he does an absolute hell of a job salvaging this. Yeah, it's, that's Wunderkind is... Obviously, he's, he's doing the whole babyface thing, as in he's 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 against the odds. He's 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 trying to come back from, yeah, trying to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, as it were. <laughs> he's jumping around a lot. He's hitting the, he hits a nice drop kick off the top rope. He jumps off the top rope in one motion, comes off. It yeah. looks really good. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, surprising. So I can see why they may be thinking they've got something with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. There was this one bit. Don't know if you noticed this one, but um, Disco Inferno goes to the top rope and. Das Wunderkind, he goes over to him. He's gonna, he's gonna foil his plans. Yeah, and he, he jumps up, drop kicks him again. Yeah, Disco is facing Disco Inferno. Yeah. Disco Inferno is facing him. Yeah, and then Disco Inferno dives forward, forward off the into rope. the ring. He's having none of it. Like I am not going out on that yeah. apron, mate. No way in hell. He, I absolutely did. He doesn't even rock backwards no. a little bit. He just full like, on <sighs> gets kicked from someone facing him. Yeah, yeah. and then goes forwards yeah. as if he's been pushed in the back. Unbelievable! It was yeah. absolutely shambolic. It was looked terrible, and he keeps doing this thing as well. When he hits a move, he keeps going like mugging to the camera, checks his hair, and does a kind of pose like a disco pose. Yeah. And it's like every time, yeah, though. yeah, three times. He did it three yeah. times at least. And, at and least. I get it a little bit because I, I almost thought, did he do it? And then it, it sort of it got a reaction, right? He got a pop from the crowd because he did it the first time. Like, boo! You're a bad guy now. We were dancing for you a minute ago. Kind just of like kind of vary up a bit, though, right? This is it. But every single time, checks his hair. They move hair, move hair, move dance move, move dance move. Like, mate, I'm already really sick of him. Yeah, I just got old so fast in there and instantly. And then yeah, he's, he's doing that thing. You get so old so fast. And then again, as we've said, Heenan's working really hard to impress upon us that Disco is. You know, he's, he's something to be Forced concerned to with. with. Yeah, yeah, he's not a he's not a complete farce. And then this is obviously why because Das Wunderkind he wins with a kind of kind of steals one, wins with a backslide. Yeah, he does. Despite being under the pump for most of the match, and then you know that's why Heenan's been trying to set him up as a worthy adversary. So, but then if you're given right serious push, which they obviously they obviously like him, don't he? He's getting he's getting more TV. I mean, I haven't seen the TV title yet. No, I've seen, seen Alex Wright <laughs> multiple times. But like, I don't know. Surely, maybe have him dispatch this guy with a bit of, you know, this this obvious Joker. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, have him have him dispatch him with like a bit less kind of hassle. But still, he does the right thing in trying to imply in that he's, you know, like a, you know a genuine adversary. So. Yeah. Fair enough in that regard. And my final note on this match was, again, it was far from a classic, but at least, at least there was no anarchy. I mean, you critique the finish, but it was still... But there were no run-ins. There was no run-ins. There was no <laughs> stupidity. The, the commentators were actually getting something, a point across, as opposed to completely undermining the whole idea. And yeah. there was no out-and-out lunacy. So for me... Let's get a thumbs up. This is one of the best things they've done so far for those reasons. Yeah. 
Right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, this is very hard to describe. I'm going to do my best. This is a promo from Hulk Hogan, who was in the hospital last week. He's now out of the hospital. He, we cut to Hogan in this room, this nondescript bland room, where, from what I can tell, this has been done in all seriousness, given that Hogan is the top guy. We're in, we're in the changing rooms, wherever we may be, and Hogan's oh. wearing a neck brace. Yeah. He is bent over, <laughs> and Jimmy Hart is spotting for him. This is the, I'm describing it as best I can. Yeah, no. I'm, I doubt I'll do this justice, but I'm describing it as best I can because this was, this was difficult. Jimmy Hart is spotting for him. Hogan is then not extending his back fully. In a, he was kind of bending his legs and going up and down. So his back and neck didn't, didn't nothing changed. He was just going, I don't yeah. understand what this was strengthening. Sorry. He's got the title belt... Across his neck, implying he's carrying a serious, you know, a hell of a weight on his neck here, his injured neck, but he's still working out. Why would you injure the neck? Why would you then exercise the neck a week after or two weeks after? Well, if you need a neck brace, surely exercise is definitely ruled out. Of course it is, because it's straight away off the menu. Do not. And surely a neck brace is there to restrict movement. So he's there going, I'm going to, like, are you just, you're defeating the object here, aren't you? The whole you? thing was just so, so insane. And her heart is holding it the whole time anyway, so the, any weight that was <laughs> I know. there I know he's gone. isn't there. And he hasn't legitimately got a neck injury. No. So why <laughs> is he doing it? <laughs> And again, another thing, a belt can fasten. So he could have undone the belt, <laughs> fastened it round his neck, and gone from there. He doesn't need Jimmy Hart to hold doesn't. the flattened belt. Correct. Correct. In that, bizarre in the extreme. Uh, but so, it gets worse. <laughs> just reading through the notes here, I've, I've gone fat. He's holding the belt. I've wrote, fuck me, this is dire. <laughs> and then Hogan says, the Taskmaster, we're on to the Taskmaster now. Yeah. So not the Dungeon of Doom. The Taskmaster has tried to destroy Hulkamania. But Hogan hasn't missed a workout yet. Just... They're not even down and out, brother. Oh, it's just... We haven't missed a workout yet. You're calling that a workout, Hulk? <laughs> that was a workout. I didn't realise it was that easy, Hulk. I'll be your size <laughs> in no time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Horrific. Good. It is. Horrific. And then Hogan pitches him and the big... Nasty giant. Oh, he, We've got one of those inherent qualities of the giant being laid out to us again. Big. They're going to have a monster truck match. Again, another thing it's hard to describe. They, they, it can only be described as a monster truck off, right? <laughs> Wish Hogan a monster truck off. Monster truck right off. He's the giant. We've seen the giant's truck. He's, 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 he's flattened. How have we got this? <laughs> this is what we're describing how, on a wrestling programme. On a wrestling programme, this is what we're describing. The giant's monster truck. Which... We've seen the giant's <laughs> truck. What, what's happened here? We're in the twilight zone. <laughs> We've already seen the giant's <laughs> truck. It shouldn't be something that runs two weeks, should it? It should. The pay-per-view is out six weeks in advance. It's six weeks down the line. The plug-in in this, the pay-per-view is six weeks down the line. We are going to have weeks of this. Of this fucking truck versus truck bullshit. It's just not a... Has he got a team of mechanics? Has he got a team of mechanics? Well, that's what they say, don't they? 
I'm gonna have, I'm gonna he's gonna have the biggest truck built. Hogan, so the Giants got a vehicle. Hogan doesn't at this stage. Hogan hasn't, according to the storyline. Hogan hasn't. But he's going to get the biggest one. Bischoff says he has it on good authority that Hogan's going to have the biggest truck built you've ever seen. They're going to do it in, in five weeks. They're going to build the biggest truck you've ever seen in five weeks. I don't know how long it takes to build a monster. I don't know. <laughs> But I suspect the, the biggest one on record oh. to build it in five weeks would be some going. It, it does seem like it. And, and Bischoff says that it's going to be... He's he heard... Who's he talking to? He's heard that the team that build Gravedigger, who I know from Monster Truck Madness, Jim, which Grave incidentally Digger. could be the title of this episode, is, is, a, is a famous monster truck. Goes, it, I, I don't know if they can Okay, right, right. But Gravedigger, the team that built Gravedigger... The masterminds behind Gravedigger. The, master, the very same are going to build Hogan's... <laughs> which he's going to use in his own words he's going to use the the, the, the gravedigger inspired uh, monster <laughs> truck he's going to use that to drag the giant's truck all around the arena just to embarrass him <laughs> it feels like a I mean he shouldn't be embarrassed just for getting involved in this whole thing <laughs> you don't have to drag his truck around mate <laughs> you've already embarrassed him by being involved in this fucking oh. programme, by making him be involved in this programme, you've already shown him up enough. I mean, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and I'm watching it 20 years in the future. <laughs> and then, you know, if that was the end of it. After he's embarrassed him, dragging him around the arena in this monster truck, he's then, he's going to give him what he really wants. Why? <laughs> what motivation? He's, put you, he's tried to murder you in the, uh, the War Games <laughs> match. He's tried to kill you. He's tried to physically rip your head off your shoulders. He's trying to kill you by running you over on your motorcycle. <laughs> Two counts of homicide, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Two counts of attempted murder. All, all taped. Irrefutable evidence. Yeah. Not a jury and, in the land. And the segments before where he's planning to do it. It's premeditated. It's going to be on death row. Not even Clarence week. Thomas, who got the belt, the tag belts back on Yokozuna. Even he couldn't. And Ornart could not. He could not get the giant out of this mess. Oh, man. But then, Hogan's going to give him what he really wants. He's going to put the WC title on the line at the next pay-per-view. The WCW title will be up for grabs. Why? But, it, but, all, but again, this... Idiocy. This total idiocy. But it means that the monster... I can't even be saying this. It means that the monster truck match is totally inconsequential <laughs> because whatever is happened... It the monster truck match? <laughs> it's inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, however good a job the Gravedigger crew do, <laughs> Giant gets a title match in any case. Gets it regardless. So what's the point? So Hogan's going to obviously win the Monster Truck match. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also going to win the title match. Because he's what's the point of all of this? <laughs> it's absolute drivel. What is the point? It's expensive drivel. That's what it is. And they couldn't change the titles. They couldn't change the titles for fucking weeks. <laughs> so they can shut up. Well, now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> they've, been, they've been in the garage welding. All the resources have gone into flipping <laughs> aluminium tubes. <laughs> Deary me. Do you know how much a monster truck tyre costs, Jim? <laughs> no wonder Vader was on the music. <laughs> on the music. On the tyres. Deary me. This was absolutely horrendous. Oh, absolutely shite. Um, but yeah, none of it makes sense. He's, uh, I'll give you what you really want, the title match at the next pay-per-view. He then says, and when you accept the challenge, if you do, which you haven't done yet, I'm going to put you in your place, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's bad, isn't he? 
So he's going to do this in the title match or before, I don't know. And why Hogan is voluntarily rewarding the guy who tried to murder him in the title match again, <laughs> I don't know. None of this makes sense. Yeah. But before this rest of the match takes place, they're going to have this fucking truck match. Off. None of it makes sense. And he's less coherent than Macho Man. And from there we move on <laughs> to the Macho Man who's in another interview with Mean Gene and Lex Luger. Oh. And if you're thinking this sounds familiar to last week, <laughs> you'd be spot on. It was fucking identical. This <laughs> <laughs> say different things. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Two guys <clears throat> being kept at bay by a feeble old man. Yeah. Just as last week, Macho and Mean Gene can't drag Lex on with this because Lex is just just dire. I'm I not... just think, why, why don't they do something? Then? Why don't they have? He's shit at promos. That's being established. Yep. They're doing this... They keep hammering this. He's a repentant sex offender gimmick. <laughs> if he's, t- he's, you know, doesn't want to play with kids anymore thing. And then like, they know we can't do this. So fucking just have him. I know. Beat the shit out of Macho Man yeah, backstage. Absolutely. Have him come with a chair. Yeah. Twat him with that. Beat him with an inch of his life. And build him up as this force to be reckoned with. Yeah. At the moment, we've just seen him. He's, look, he's getting, he's like chipping away. He's getting worse every week. He's becoming less of a threat. Do something heinous. You can see this is not his strength, so do something else. You can have him with a, have a, have a squash match, have something, but he's got no, he's got zero charisma, does Luger. He's got zero. none. He's got none. And they keep putting him in these promos. But even still, even regardless of whether it doesn't play a Luger strength or not, this segment was a repeat of the one they was, had before. Absolutely. And, and, and the, in which they say, like, we'll not fight this week, we'll fight another week. We'll fight next week. Like, it's We're like, going to fight next oh, week. I'm just telling you, yeah. why just have them, have them fight now? I have a, I know, I know. If you're going to do it, do it now. This should be, if you're going to do it, it should be on a pay-per-view, it should build it properly. Correct. You should, again, have someone do something heinous, yeah. do something absolutely horrendous, yeah. and then, you know, and then have, have a reason to have the match. They have no yeah. reason, really, apart from that, you know, bullshit, Macho Man doesn't like him from the war games, much, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they have a replay of last week before doing the same segment again. The replay goes on for too long. It does. Then they have another square off, Mean Gene keeps him at bay, and then Luger says words to the effects of, what I'm saying, Macho, is what about the real deal? What about a real match? And I'm thinking, fucking hell, what about one? Yeah. <laughs> right here. Chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> Right here, pause, next week. And then I, <laughs> no, I know, I, I know. Them, what about now? Yeah, what about right? They're both right dressed here, to wrestle. Right next week. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Lex. They're both dressed, they've both got I the know, kid on. Got the kid if you're going to say this, what about now? Why not now? We've got an arena full of people. We've got a referee. We've got, we've got last, cameras. Go. At least last week when Mean Gene said it's not the time or the place, they weren't dressed to wrestle. Now, they are. Literally so there's, there's, couldn't be better. There's yeah. no other... Crazy. Extenuating circumstances, absolutely idiotic. No, they could have done this build up last week and then got on with it this week I'm if at, they were so desperate to do it on like on free TV. I'm at the point now where I'm going. Oh, is one of them carrying an injury? Is that why we can't do it? Because this is there's, there's just no excuse for this. Is it? It's 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 beyond. And they're not even. It's not even like the tease is the thing. It will. They won't. They. It's not even that. We're just getting nothing. We're getting. Coming and talking about the fact that we should it's just do putting it in these a bit. two on the telly, yeah, in a, in a kind of main spot, and it's for, for nothing, for absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't moved. And then Luger, he, he chips in with, "If I lose, I'm gonna leave. No, no pressure to do it. No, no one's coercing him." No. Macho Man says, "Oh, why don't we make this interesting?" Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean? no one said it. He no. said it. He's offered it. He's not being coerced. Yeah. He's not being. There's been nothing to make him put his job 
on the line. His livelihood, his mortgage, if he loses, <laughs> smash him, man, he can't pay his mortgage. <laughs> He's still on his probation here, surely. He's exactly. going to be, be well, careful. Can you imagine this in the workplace? Oh, no. If your boss comes up to you <laughs> and he sets you some targets for the quarter and you turn around to your boss and you say, oh, those targets you've just set, they're a bit, <laughs> bit challenging. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make them. But I'll tell you what, if I don't, I'll resign. Yeah, I'll sack I'll myself. Resign. Yeah. You don't have to sack me. No, I'll, I'll no leave. redundancy required. Off we go. You never do it. It's so stupid. Crazy. And obviously, you know, because they can't stop telling us, we know they've just pinched him from WWF, so we know he's not going to leave. So what the fuck is the point of all of this shit? And then Mongo makes it worse and says, well, he's basically saying he's going to retire because he obviously can't go back to WWF. We know he's just come from there, so that's it. He's saying he's going to retire. Like... Ah, thanks, yeah. Mongo. Oh, that's, I did nothing. Just fuck off, Mongo. Correct. You know what, I mean? what a end. He is. And then, we've got this match. They've set it up. Finally, they've set a date. They've been in the ring twice and kept apart by an old man. But we finally, we've set a date. Here we go. It's going to be Macho Man Randy Savage versus Lex Luger. Two absolute WrestleMania card standard match here. Oh, yeah. Two huge names. Huge. Massive stars from, you know, maybe years before. But still, big names, whatever else. We then cut back to Bischoff. And he... Plugs the monster truck match. Embarrassing. Completely embarrassing. Just oh, what you want to see on a wrestling program. It's mental, in it? And then, again, this debacle's booked in for the pay-per-view, which is a month away. Um, from there, we move on to Kurosawa. This is the Colonel's man, is it not? He's bizarrely. I don't know how he's come across him whilst he's been, you know, making his drumsticks but he has he's he has. found him he's found Kurosawa and here comes Kurosawa to face Sergeant Craig Pittman the Pitbull I wrote these both look serious in the sense that they aren't cartoony so yeah, that's a plus yeah yeah they both look like they're going to have a match they're both not enough fucking about no, no. they're both like they're going to have a fight you know what I mean yeah they're here they've got a point to prove bit of a scrap here going to be a bit of a brawl it's all pretty sharp as Kurosawa wins with a German suplex into a pin I did see though there was a bit of a dick move from Kurosawa in that he he when they're um, brawling on the outside and he does a, a suplex variant, I forget which one, to Pittman, in which he's he's pulled up the mat to yeah. expose the concrete yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. And the mat's obviously not doing a huge amount in any case because they're only little thin mats. Mm. But when you watch the written, it looks nasty. He's right on the floor. drops him right on his back, lower back right on the floor. And it's like Scott Steiner there. Now it's time for the back. <laughs> Your back can never be too big. That was the back. <laughs> but he, he peels this... Um, segment of Matt over so he sort of double back on himself and then lands Pittman on this concrete thing on the concrete floor as he lands he lands on this now double cushioned oh as he, as he... comfy <laughs> mat on right on his arse and he's put poor Pittman back first straight on the concrete on the concrete I mean that's nasty I mean it's, but it's, it's exactly what you do true but true I thought, mate <laughs> well that was that's one of the things I've noticed again the match itself it it was meh, but there was no, again, no stupidity, no no ridiculousness. No, absolutely, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I quite enjoyed it. There wasn't much to care about. No. Didn't mind Kurosawa. Didn't mind correct. Pippen, Pippen's head was a bit stupid, but still, yeah, yeah, that was that was it. I can see why the Colonel likes him, Kurosawa. Agreed. Yeah, and no, I, I thought he was, he was, he was quite. I see one of those guys. He seems like yeah, he, he seems sort of tailor made for the kind of. Hardcore deathmatch style sort of stuff. And I, yeah, I'd be up for seeing more of them. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Following that, we've got Mean Gene out again. One oh, of the biggest is. stars of the program, Mean Gene. <laughs> he is. Never off the telly. Uh, he's, got, he's got an interview with uh, Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman this time. Oh, yeah. 
it's a bit different. Like nice to uh, nice to see somebody else who uh, somebody other than Lex Luger and Randy Savage get interviewed by Brian <laughs> by uh, Brian Pillman by Mean Gene. I thought Pillman was a decent heel promo, yeah. Yeah, and how much does his voice sound exactly like Shawn Michaels's? Did you think? Like he's got that kind of. Gruffly, sort of gravelly voice of Michael yeah, Sands. Yeah, I didn't, well, yeah, notice. I, really I didn't notice it myself. But yeah, like, it was a good heel promo for us. Very, um, yeah, yeah. He's unhinged, and which you told me was the gimmick. I didn't clock up before, and now see him talk absolutely by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I got into that. And then uh, Anderson and Anderson chips in. Obviously, he's pretty good as well, isn't he? Aren't yeah, he is. Obviously, the guys are. Yeah, guys are the W. What the the companies that preceded WCW legend, and I'm sure he's got enough credit to ensure. That is, that is is enforcer gimmick from from years gone by, kind of you know stays intact. But he shouldn't be wearing them fucking old man glasses. Oh my god! He honestly. should not be wearing those absolutely ludicrous glasses. I was going to ask you: Do you think that was, is there any way that was the style of the time in 1995, or even in 1995? Contacts must have been available. I mean, what's he do when he wrestles? Because I mean, we're talking. Like Dennis Taylor, square, With huge, huge snooker glasses, aren't we? Like, and he's only he's only given a promo. So he doesn't need them. <laughs> he, like, I mean, you know, you take your glasses off. You can, he, unless yes. he's completely blind, and in which case, what does how does he wrestle? Exactly. But yeah, he, he's he's there with his kind of balding hair that he's clinging on to, and he's, these ridiculous glasses. He doesn't look like someone. Are you going to think? Well, oh, fucking, I better take him seriously. He looked like Pillman's dad. Yeah, he doesn't look like someone's going to kick someone's head in at any, no, any no, moment, no, no. right? Let alone Ric Flair. No, correct. Correct, correct, correct. But still, he's a, obviously a, a legend of the game, so yeah. I'll, I'll, aside from the point of take the glasses off, which I definitely wouldn't say was face, I'd still... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't say too much. Uh, yeah, I like the promo. We seem to be setting up a tag match between... This hinted at didn't they Arn and Brian and Pillman are going to be taking on Flair and someone else Flair can't find a partner or something was the storyline no one wants yeah. to be Flair's partner no one likes him it's, and it was quite I did like this because it was all there was there was a bit of like you know how much of this is a how much of this is a shoot like how much of this is, is Flair you know like not being liked by lots of people because of who he is and all the rest yeah. of it oh, cracking this like just Really, really buy it. Yeah, like again, you can tell Anderson, someone who knows what he's doing, and exactly. you, you, it's obvious from the outside, aside from the fact that he's wearing the stupid glasses. <laughs> um, from there, we've got the big match, or one of the two big matches on the card. Match on my Randy Savage, he's up against the Taskmaster. Um, yeah, so the recap I showed an awful video of the Taskmaster and the Baywatch babes attacking Macho, trying to kill him on the beach. <laughs> yeah. And the Taskmaster's got some kind of droney, kind of sombery music, yet he's in yeah. these bright clothes. And yeah, it doesn't is it? fit. His gig is all bright red and yellow. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Which, either. again, if you're a big mastermind evil heel, would you be wearing bright red and yellow? Would you some knockoff Hulk Hogan stuff? I don't know. Exactly. It looks like Banana Man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you know, when the money stopped, Banana Man. <laughs> banana Man had eaten too many bananas. <laughs> Develops an allergy. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, they're in the ring, Macho Man and, and the Taskmaster. And then the Zodiac appears. He doesn't come out with the Taskmaster, but he just appears. Like he's not a run in, he's just there. And again, this doesn't look right, strange. But it was the Barber Beefcake, or now known as the Zodiac. Zodiac. Oof, it's a. I'm not blaming the lad, but it's a poor gimmick. It is indeed. It? He's just in zebra sort of... Zebra pants. Zebrodiac. Zebrodiac. <laughs> Tassels. <laughs> and then face paint. 
Mongo threatens that the shark might be here too. <laughs> oh dear, I missed that. I've, I've wrote down, oh dear. Oh dear, indeed. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, the match has started and it's it's two old guys wrestling. Yeah. It's two old guys wrestling, isn't it? It doesn't feel fresh, it doesn't feel new, it doesn't feel exciting, which is what their whole selling point's meant to be. That we're different, that we're, we're, we're fresh. It's none of that is there. And it just doesn't need to happen. When Macho Man's got the programme with Lex Luger, this doesn't need to happen. And when Taskmaster's got a stable of wrestlers <laughs> that he's in control of, yeah. let them wrestle then. Yeah, it, again, it's just... Ill-fitting. Ill-fitting yeah. gubbins is what this is. Um, yeah, Taskmaster dominates, doesn't do anything major. Beats up Macho Man for a while, as you've said. Macho Man makes a comeback. He then... There's a Brodiac comes into the ring, Macho <laughs> brings him in so he can beat him up, and then he decks the ref for no reason. Yeah. He's completely flipped out. Yeah. Maybe he's just too pumped up, whatever. Um, Macho body slams both the Zebrodiac and the Taskmaster on top of each other. He goes for the elbow drop, takes an eternity to get up there, and then as he comes down, the Taskmaster moves. So Zebrodiac takes takes the elbow drop. Bit of a Bit of chicken shittery from the taskmaster yeah, there, absolutely. getting out of the way. Absolute shit house. Total dick move. Letting one of his uh, one of his minions take the take the blow, <laughs> absorb the blow, and then after he's wait, he's waited in the back all this time. Here comes the giant. Here the giant is the fray. The taskmaster, someone who we meant to buy as a, as a not only is he, not only is he a wrestler, not only is he, he's a serious wrestler, so he must have some kind of legitimacy in the ring. He's also, again, the mastermind behind this evil operation. He now requires not one extra man, he requires two. He requires two men and himself in order to get on top of Macho Man, in order to uh, One of them is an absolute physical specimen, like, physical specimen like you wouldn't believe. Correct. Giants come out, he's looking great, he's doing unbelievable choke slams, he's doing unbelievable choke slams, slams, amazing. Yeah. Off the floor. Like, loving this athletic big show, so much better than what he turned into. Great physical condition, everything. Again, Stunning, isn't it? It's again possibly the highlight of the show. He's out there yeah. these choke slams and everyone horizontal choke slams. I mean, him jumping with the yeah. jersey slamming, going horizontal and slamming him down. Look great, oh. absolutely brilliant. Um, again, what a waste though. What a, he's been so wasted, but still, yeah. this is this is great. Um, and then one by one, some nondescript locker room members come out to help. Again, they're coming one by one, giant <laughs> choke slams. Well. Macho man couldn't handle him, so so yeah. I can. Yeah. I'll Johnny Jobber, I can take care of him, don't worry. <laughs> Comes out, they get chokes, I'm dispatched one by one. Das Wunderkind back. And the crowd were like, yeah, shot to the crowd. Das Wunderkind, he's going to sort... No, straight into a bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's killed Das Wunderkind. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Das Wunderkind, he's battering everyone. I still don't get why they're coming out one by one. If all three of those, <laughs> yeah. all three of those goons came out, then maybe... I think you know, he's got a bit of a job on here, the giant. I still expect him to fucking flatten them all, Correct. but still, nevertheless. Um, and here comes Luger. He's in no rush. He's in no rush. He kind of comes, he's, he saunters out. It's just bad, isn't it? He walks, then he sprints a bit, then he starts, the, the crowd sort of pat him on the shoulder as he goes. And, but this, so he doesn't like Savage. That's been established. Correct. He then goes into the ring. So are we to believe he's coming to save Savage? Even though this is working absolutely to his favour. Yeah. Is, is, he's now, Luger next week, is one week away from his, you know, loser leave. If I, not even not loser leaves, if I lose, I leave. I leave. So he's, he's got everything to lose. Yeah. Very little to gain aside from a win over Macho Man. So this is really working in his favour when the, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, the fucking hardest guy 
or the whole roster he's beating the shit out of Macho or has chokeslammed him and now he's left one on one in the ring with him so yeah. he might now do some serious damage yeah. what has Luger to gain I keep questioning these things but these, I think these are legit things you need to be answering aren't they what, what has Luger to gain by, by stopping this and especially because as he comes out comes straight on to oh you know Luger as we saw at War Games he's on their side like oh, is he, is he going to defend him is he going to attack him and you're thinking well either way if you're going to defend him you've got to go in there and Long he doesn't. You've got to run for a start off. You've got to hurry up. Exactly, right? You've got to get there. But he doesn't. He sort of saunters in. And but if he if he's if he's gonna go and help and you know see him get battered, which he sort of sort of doesn't a bit, you think, well he's doing that anyway by a giant. Let him get on with it. Save save your strength, save your effort, let him get on with it, Lex. Like if it, anything, again, an, makes sense. another opportunity to generate some kind of Animosity, you watch Come out and just clap, or Correct. like, I'll be yeah, like, yeah, like, come on, yeah, go love on, that, just, brilliant oh, stuff. Fake going to help him and then going, nah, but yeah. none of it. Nah, walk off laughing or something. Yeah. Would have been perfect. Nah, Would have been absolutely perfect. But no, not going to do any of that. He's going to go in there. He's going to come in the ring. He's going to stand over Savage and say things to him. Why, why would he think? He was in no danger himself. Like I don't I, <laughs> no. why would I'll trust these guys who, yep. who call themselves the Dungeon of Doom. These are these stand-up guys. Oh, why? It's again everything. There's just so many questions. why is is constantly being asked throughout <laughs> this. And yeah, um he stands over Stavage who's still stricken in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Then the giant decides he's going to attack the giant got the, uh, the fox in the hen house mentality he's just going <laughs> yeah, to kill just... everything and <laughs> can't help himself he, he, he's took out Luger chokes down Luger and then you know, we've got Luger looking weak again Luger's yeah. looking bad yet again correct Luger's made it look bad yet again and then, we, then the, the taskmaster takes the giant away he's shouting giving him a bit of a reprimand yeah. for a bit of a scolding for for attacking Luger when he didn't need to but Again, why does he care? What's Luger going to do? He's proved he's no threat to the giant. Anyway, that's been, yeah. that's been well established. When the fresh Luger came running out from the back and the giant just flattened him anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no... Uh, Bad, in it? There's no, there's no need whatsoever for, for the Taskmaster to be concerned about what Luger might do to get retribution. But then Luger's going to go straight into his match against Meng. What I did like here, he hasn't brought the wild ball mask. True. But it, this... Is exactly what you do in a situation. If you're the heel in this situation, you wouldn't fanny about putting your giant wild boar mask on. You'd be like, right, fuck this. I'll leave this here. I'll Correct. leave this back here. I don't need it. I'm going to get down there as fast as I can and I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Beat the Quickly shit out of Luger. Yeah. yeah. While he is incapacitated, I'm going to use this to my advantage. So he comes sprinting out. Straight away, he's working the neck all the time. He's choking him. He's choking Luger. He's doing, we've got yeah, this again. Someone good. who knows what they're doing. He's good, Meng. He's really I cannot good. believe Meng has, has not been... Featured more prominently. I've not seen him to date. I yeah. know he looks great. Great as a heel. Fucking clowns we've endured. We've got someone again who's who's working logically. He's yep. doing things as he should. Yep. He's working the neck. He's choking Luger all the time. He pile drives him. So the moves have been great. Orientated yep. this way all around, weakening the neck. Continue to do it. Yeah, I wrote. Clever. Believe it or not, three words here. I'm enjoying this. Wow. I'm enjoying this. I'm doing. I'm actually enjoying. That- again, I don't know if this is a sign of how far we've fallen, <laughs> but still. <laughs> It was he was doing what he should be doing. He was. He's great. Luger's getting beaten up, but still he has he's got the out this time, he's got an excuse. Uh comes talking about something else. <sighs> Fucking idiots. They miss Luger's comeback, idiots. Yeah. They join him when the comeback's almost over. Over, sorry, not over. It's almost over. Again, brought Luger in very good. Can you compare this? Oh, Luger's awful, but can compare this and speaking of comms to Vincent King really 
building everything. And yeah. all right, they might do it OTT a little bit and might be be, be take, taking it too far at times. But compared to this, where they're like You've, not paying attention. Like what you said, yeah, where King is so tuned into the story and he, yeah. he knows what he's got to get over. And here you've got Bischoff and, and Mongo who are just out of the equation completely. Just talking about something else, yeah. Poor. Talking about another match, building up another match during the main event. And again... This is your guy. You've just got from this. He should be a huge. This should be huge. You've got one over on WWE. I know he's shit, but this you could be making him in <laughs> yeah. to something else. Yeah. And then we get to the finish. Meng wins as he should have. Pulls a spike out of his yeah. sock. The ref's not looking. Jabs Great. him in the uh, jabs Luger in the throat. And then pins him straight. I would have done it a little different. I would have had him do a move afterwards and then pin him because again, it's not really something that can incapacitate. You just can't breathe. He's, he's taking advantage of this. Correct. Plus, yeah, from the rest point of view, he sort of looks away for a bit and then has missed this, you know, well, he's just lying flat, you know what I mean? Like, this, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I thought yeah. it was good when Meng, when he then got out the, he got out of the ring quickly after he got the pin, still spike in, in, yeah. in, in hand and then put it back in his tights whilst shielding it from the ref who then was coming out to raise his hand. That's great. Again, there's stuff like that though. Again, great. You just don't see it. No, nah, you don't. Elsewhere. On this programme. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? And Meng has done everything right. Superb. I, say, I, I, I like that he won. I like how he worked the match and taking advantage of the situation as anybody would in such yep. a position. He was dominant throughout and I like that he cheated to win. And as I said, the, the pinfall was maybe a, you know, as in getting the pin as he did, he maybe should have done a move beforehand, but still. Because it could have made, it would have also made Meng look a bit stronger as well if he then done his, you know. Um, big finish. Yeah, big finish as well. Great. And, and it's no, it doesn't, doesn't weaken Luger any less. He's been... He's, he's already been, been yeah, screwed anyway. over. Not, yeah. None of this. He's, 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 he's got mitigating, and he's got the mitigating circumstances. Exactly. He's got an out. But overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Best match on WCW I've seen so far. We got to the closing segment. And I thought they summarised what happened in the programme. And I was thinking, do we need a summary of what happened in an hour long programme? Do we need a full rundown? <laughs> we probably don't. It was only 45 minutes of telly. The plug next week. We've got Dean Malenko in action. I'm looking I forward know, to that. I know, I saw. Dean Malenko. Yeah, dead up for this. He's the man of a thousand holes. We've got the tag team champs in action too. It's the two no marks. But again, we don't care. Who cares? Who cares? As, as Bishop said. Who cares? Bishop. Who cares? Do I in for that? <laughs> Didn't see him this week. Why not? And we still haven't seen the TV champ either. Still haven't seen the TV. No, no, no DDP. Blimey. But that is the show. Lovely stuff. Well, I'll kick off with the ratings builders. So, uh, number one, um, a superficial one, this one, but Giants choke slams. God. Sublime. Just brilliant. Sublime. I was uh, just, Joe was on the floor watching him do this. Just what a, what a spectacle. You don't need any of the crap. You don't need the giant fee, five, four, so let him do this. It's great. Uh, number two, uh, Das Wunderkind. I thought he was great this, this episode. He was super sharp in the ring. He, he, Sold really well, did his best to tell a story. Uh, you know, he's he's there with Disco Inferno, which is a poor, poor, poor gimmick. But he's, I think, made uh, a really entertaining match. Loved it. I um, liked it. Um, sorry, we interrupt there. That's Wunderkind. It just feels that he's, with him, I like the athleticism and jumping around, whatever he's doing, exciting, fast-paced. It's like they've got a plan with him. And that's, yeah. again, it's like... There's some thought got in here, and that's what I kind of like about that. They kind of have 
even when he's run out, he's had the, he's, he's tried to try to save uh, Macho Man, and he's he's tried to take on the giant. Obviously, it's ended badly for him, as it should do. Correct. But he's he still showed a bit of bravery. And they're, they're trying to get him over, and then and that kind of thought process is something that I thought was a positive this week on WCW. Absolutely, it does feel like there's a there's a long game there, which within which. It can't be said for no for anything else. for anything else. Um, and the third one, I'm struggling a bit here. Um, I think I'm probably have to go with Meng. I thought he was great as a heel, um, though that is offset by my killers. So number one, the Hogan Show. Jim, I did a recount earlier this afternoon. Oh yeah, with the exception of the Slim Jim commercial featuring Macho. And the Arn Anderson Pillman promo, yeah, and with the slight possible technicality of the Macho Man Lex recap package, so I'm saying that all counts as one segment because it went into the Macho yeah. Luger segment this time. Classifying that as one segment, if you'll permit me. Yeah, only... I, I also class it as one segment, so I shall permit you. Fantastic. In that case, there were only two segments in this entire broadcast in which Hogan was not featured or mentioned over the top of stuff. Wow. Every single time, comms went back to it. You mentioned that they weren't focusing on the Luger comeback in the Luger Meng stuff. They were shilling Hogan crap. Every single opportunity they had on comms to plug Hogan, they did it. And watching it cold the first time, I sort of half-clocked it, and I thought, I wonder if, I wonder if. And I went back and looked today. Two segments that don't say it. Like That's the, poor, isn't it? The comms team's notes must just say, mention Hogan. Rating skill number two, Disco Inferno. <laughs> just just like chicken shit heel, shit gimmick. The crowd were on his side when he, when, when he entered, as I said, and then he quickly turned them heel. Well done, mate, you've done your job. But then he lost them because he ran out, idea. I ran out of ideas so quickly. And the third one, Luger. His promos are poor. I think his wrestling's worse. Um, Meng, I think, was absolutely carrying him in his stuff Luger's just he's got nothing he's clumsy he botches there were missed spots where Meng had clearly telegraphed where they were going with things and Luger sort of just hobbled around and he, he, he was like a flipping dodgem at times and I just thought he just for this top star you could have done so much more with him by having him just as you said by having him do these kind of you know coming in and absolutely massacring someone and backstage assaults and he looks the part and that's all you need and you can just tee him up and help him but they don't it's like they're setting him up for a fall by just making him do all the things he's really bad at and I know it's can't do promos can't wrestle tough to be a wrestler then but um every every week that we've seen now he's he's I've seen more of him and as a result of my he seemed worse yeah, not great. Over to you. What were your ratings building, Killer? So, uh, ratings builders. Meng's performance against Luger did exactly what a heel would do in that situation. I'd like to see a bit more Meng in the future. Another one for me, I like the Anderson-Pillman interview. They both got over his heels. I like the storyline of building mm. and the fact that they're giving Pillman this, this push alongside these two genuine mm-hmm. legends. Mm-hmm. So... Which is what you should do as legends. You should have your legends bringing up the next generation. The youngsters, yeah, yeah, the, the, the up-and-comers. But it, just, it does feel like, I mean, you mentioned it there, like the sheer fixation on, on Hogan. It feels like this here, this this Pillman, Flair, Arn Anderson stuff, is such an after, afterthought, like alongside the rest of the programme. 
there's nothing setting up like you know there's, there's no reference to it beforehand it just appears and there's no reference back to it afterwards it's just gone and like correct and comms don't get involved pushing in saying and what about this and what about that and oh they're coming up later there's none of that yeah. it's, it's all about Hogan and to that point I think you're right I think it, at times feels like it's from or is a different show it is it really is it is different it's just I, I don't know if it's if it's just right, it probably is too much bias being placed on the, the, the old WRF guys as opposed to the original WCW guys but yeah, I don't know. Those who seem to have a better idea of what they're doing are kind of, yeah, not really given the time. Yeah. I think that's a bit of a the, the detriment of the programme itself. And my final one, you've touched on it yourself, is uh, the Giants. Cartoon elements aside, the physicality of the man is just so impressive. and Amazing, isn't it? Imagine how good he would have been if he managed to maintain some kind of conditioning throughout his big show run in oh, WWF. I know. But I've wrote this is compared to other Night Rose, uh, this was the best one so far, in my opinion, in terms of while yeah, it was, you know, some parts were beyond insane, which I'll get to in a second. But um, yeah, this in general, there was some good matches here. There was some sense of an idea. There was some, you know, it was a good promo and stuff. So that side, this, I would like to point out this was the best one, in my opinion, thus far. Um, Killers, that unnecessary identical Savage Luger confrontation exactly the same thing two weeks running and they've been kept at bay by a 60 year old man do do, do they really do they really like it do they really hate each other do they do they, do they you know do they have some kind of legitimate beef here I, I'm not sure they do no because if they did I don't think old Mean, mean Gene saying please don't would stop him would be enough to stop him yeah my second killer is the handling of Luger in general. The mundane encounters with Macho Man. Mm. His decision to put his WCW career on the line. No need for it. His run which makes him look like an idiot. His running when Macho was getting beat up. He had again looked like an idiot. There's no reason to do it. Him getting dominated by the Giants when he was fresh and getting absolutely flattened just to confirm he's no match to the top of the company. And then it culminated in defeat to Meng, who's a guy I'd never heard of. I don't expect to see again. Well, I definitely haven't seen before, and I won't expect to be featured prominently, no. despite the fact that I enjoy him. I just don't think they'll use him. Agreed. And again, that's not to mention the repentant sex offender gimmick they've shackled him <laughs> with. So finally, we couldn't go without mentioning the the monster truck promo uh, and the workout and all that complete and utter bollocks. How is it a thing? The whole thing was truly god-awful. And with that, we're out. (laughs) All right, it's that time again. Here we go. So before I open the golden envelope... With all of that in mind, and with everything we've learned, seen, and reviewed, let's remind everyone where we are. It's 2 0 to Raw at the moment. So we've got a must win, have we? We've got an absolute must win. For, for Nitro. Nitro cannot be going 3 0 down. That's, that'll be This curtains. is like Lex Luger's uh, match next week. It's a must <laughs> win. This is it, right? So, with that in mind, which show deserved to win this week? I, I, said, I said it was the best Nitro I've seen, but I can't say. With a straight face that there was a better show than Raw because it, it just wasn't. So, again, 
it's raw. It's raw from me. We're in agreement once more this week, Jim. Raw by a country mile. Yeah, Nitro was absolutely shambolic. I thought, and Raw, I actually really enjoyed. Without any further ado. Well, given that we've we've agreed for the second we were in, how big a margin shall shall we go? Well, yeah, go on then. I mean, it's got to be. I'm, I'm going to say more than a full. I'm going to say a full. Nielsen rating point. point. Full point, more than a full point. I go tighter. I go, I go just just to make it interesting. I go, okay. I go. It was under half, under half a under point. Under half a point. Okay. <clears throat> this week, September the twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five. Raw got a Nielsen rating of one point nine. Nitro got a Nielsen rating of two point seven. Nitro was Nitro is absolutely wiped the floor this Nitro's week to come back two one. Blimey! Wow, I never saw that coming. Well, on that bombshell. That's the first win, right? That is Nitro's first win. And you did say you thought it was the best one Nitro's done yet. And isn't this the first time they've gone head-to-head live on a Monday? In the first bona fide, genuine Monday night war, Nitro has taken the first win. What an upset. What an upset. And with that, more next week.